0: going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here from NJ.com. Here with Mike Kay for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. It's a reunion episode because the Eagles are only bringing back players who have ties to the Eagles. I mean, you, they just resigned Vinnie Curry. Oh, it's not officially yet, but as of this recording, they are planning to resign Vinnie Curry back to the team a year after they cut him. He was gone for so long. Deshaun Jackson's already back. Uh, I believe Andrew Sendejo died in the NFC Championship game when like, our Blunt ran through him, so there's kind of an Eagles tie there. <laughs> well, I can't wait for LaShawn McCoy, uh, Benny Logan, uh, Kurt Coleman, Deion Lewis. Like, all these guys they are coming back. We're, we're, we're bringing it back to the Chip Kelly era, guys.
1: I'm holding out for Colt Anderson <laughs> right Colt Anderson. now. I, you know, that's hey, my... Najee <laughs> Goody is a free agent. Hey, Elder Buckley, bring him back. That's my Rino guy. Reno
0: Mahe. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> we're just gonna start... Let's just yell out random Eagles players. We can... <laughs> Reno Mahe's
1: got the gas. <laughs> If you really think about that but, one, just but it, but it, Google it. It, it,
0: it. Like, we'll we'll get into the Vinnie Curry thing in a second. But it's just, it's so funny to me how the, I feel like this happens in Philadelphia in general. Like, the guys that were popular here wind up back here. Like, it, it just, I don't know what it is about this. I mean, I'm sure it's, Vinnie Curry grew up an Eagles fan. He's from New Jersey. Like, it made sense when he was cut that they would go after him. But it just I don't think anybody predicted three years ago four years ago five years ago that sean jackson would be coming back
1: yeah certainly not and i think um a lot of this falls under what jeffrey lurie and howie roseman learned during the chip kelly era when they really uh, you know chip kelly came in and had that one year of control and they got rid of all of these guys they got rid of deshaun prior to that year but yeah i mean they made that team was unlikable from an outside standpoint not that there weren't likable guys on there brent selick was there jason kelsey i don't all those know how guys. much
0: discipline there was like in that locker room either
1: yeah. right even though that was like the big thing yeah um you know they had a lot of guys that didn't seem like they wanted to be here uh and they failed and they failed miserably and that's why chip kelly isn't a head coach and that's why the eagles won a super bowl because howie roseman came back learned from you know other leagues about how they i was talking to somebody who used to work with him in the scouting department a, a while back and just marveled at the way he was able to reinvent himself and And, you know, I I think how he's coming at it from a smart point of view, he's bringing guys that he knows personally. You know, there's very little risk in bringing in the devil you know as opposed to the devil you don't know. He's also signing them to ridiculously (laughs) team-friendly contracts, or at least for this year.
0: Even even the Ronald Darby contract, which is supposed to be a one year contract. They threw on the dummy years at the end of it so it reduced the cap hit to like minuscule like the the way he's doing it. Like I wrote something about how in 2020 it's a, it's going to be a little harder. Like they'll be able to restructure and do a lot of the same. They're not they're going to have a tougher time bringing on new players that aren't draft picks next year. And you can kind of just see that he's kind of going in on this year especially and next year while Carson Wentz is still probably on either his rookie contract or his fifth year option or one of those things.
1: Well, and and that's another reason why, and we, you and I talked about this off air. But that's another reason why you're seeing them be so disciplined about compensatory picks. If you can get those extra third, fourth, fifth, those, six, are, those seven, are
0: players on the depth chart. Yeah, yeah, those
1: are player on the depth chart, and they're cheap, right? So you're not only developing yeah, it's
0: third rounder later. Yeah.
1: Right. So you're developing guys. You're bringing in young talent, and right now they have a lot of older talent. I mean, you could argue they probably have their oldest. You know, defensive line in forever. I mean, bringing back Vinnie Curry while he is younger than Michael Bennett, who replaced him, and now he's replacing him. And I don't know. It's like this <laughs> year, <Really> weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a. Weren't we just here? <laughs> it, it's they, had like the a, same, they had the same defensive end
0: rotation as to as a year right. Uh, I know the Super Bowl run.
1: I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's like nothing changed, uh, but um, yeah, except right. for Tim Jernigan, I guess. But uh, you know, again, I'll come back in this. Again, I think they're making smart plays that are being they're play we talked about this in the last show that was two weeks ago the part of the reason why we hadn't done another podcast is because they haven't been very busy they've been playing the free agency market pretty pretty well and they made a safety signing that i think kind of came out of nowhere for us but makes sense in the long run you want to talk about that yeah and
0: just just before we get in, just t- time back to howie for a second you know you and i also talked about how you mentioned the compensatory pick thing. It's just amazing to me. Howie's not the only one doing this, but just how much of a conscious effort teams are making now. Like the guy, All the guys Howie's brought in, it's like 50% of it's because there was no risk of losing a compensatory pick. Malik Jackson was released. Deshaun Jackson was a trade. Even if he had been released, it would have been the same thing. Uh, Vinnie Curry was released. So the only guys that they signed that were not released were LJ Fort and Andrew Sandejo we're about to talk about. And those are both one... Well, not, I mean, kind of one-year short. Con- LJ-4 was technically three years, but it can amount to a one- or two-year deal. But the point being, those are small contracts that would be seventh-round compensatory picks, and they cancel out two guys where they've already lost, I believe, four, and they're probably going to lose Jay Ajayi as well, uh, maybe Timmy Jernigan. So... How he's just clearly thinking about that. He's thinking about 2020, 2021, with, when he's signing free agents, which is not like a, a typical thing. It's a smart thing to do, but it's not a typical thing that these executives do.
1: Yeah, and, and to that point, a former scouting department guy who I talked to said he's looking at ways to do things differently. Like you, like you mentioned your great article about 2020. You know, it's going to be a little bit tough to move things around. Not a lot of guys. Forward, a lot of guys, a lot of GMs forward think with like the salary cap. He's forward thinking with like, hey, how am I going to get this? fourth-string defensive end next year when I know that Chris Long's probably not going to be here. You know, stuff like that. And he's using compensatory picks in a way that not only are they just draft ammunition, but they're trade ammunition as well. And And they traded a third-round pick for Golden Tate. Right. So I think you can go into this draft thinking, okay, cool, so Golden Tate just signed a deal that's probably going to net me a fourth or fifth-round pick. Nick Foles is going to net me a third-round pick. Blah, 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 blah. So I can trade... Knowing that. Knowing that I'm going to have those picks, I'm basically trading liquid assets, you know, if they trade a third round pick with the top second round pick to move up to 35, let's say, and draft a running back after selecting Christian Wilkins in the first round, the entire city of Philadelphia will, you know, dance, you know, the horror on on this whole thing. I mean, like, this is like, but, but that's forward thinking. It's not just forward thinking with the roster. It's not just forward thinking with the salary cap. It's encompassing all of your moves and encompassing your depth chart in this, this way that you know they knew when they released vinnie curry that that was going to create a need so what did they do they went out and they traded uh, marcus johnson and michael bennett for peanuts um and then once they realized that michael bennett wasn't going to be around and they saw the, the way the free agent market was getting increasing because of all these releases when you look at somebody like you know malik jackson like you said and vinnie curry those two not only supplement what Bennett brought but they actually improve upon it because you have two guys now that can fit in that rotation play defensive end and defensive tackle and
0: and I thought it was interesting I thought it was interesting when they traded Bennett that it was for a 2020 fifth round pick instead of a 2019 one not as of right now they already have their own seven picks they have that fifth round pick and they could get as many as 3 to 4 compensatory picks like they have ammo if they want to move up in April they have they really have the chance to do so and we, we, we mentioned Vinny we haven't really like talked about him coming back like in terms of what it means for the defensive line and stuff uh
1: but let's let's stay in order. Let's talk about Zinzeho. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, that's I think
0: fine. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about him. So he's a 31 year old safety. He played on the Vikings for a while. He was injured for most of last season, but before that, he was pretty productive. Uh, Hard hitting guy. He all the Eagles fans jumped on this clip of Garrett Blunt just running through him. It was one play like that happens, <laughs> and Garrett Blunt has run through much better players than him too. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But he, he, I mean, he's a good. He's an upgrade from Corey Graham as a third safety.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of. Uh, crap on Twitter about saying that they found their new Chris Marigos. Let me talk about that a little bit. So it's a philosophical point. It's not that Maragos, it's not that he's of Marigos's like talent level. It's not that he's not going to play on defense, but that special teams unit seemed like it, it didn't have like a, got like a commander last year. And I think Zenday, who was very good on special teams when he played for the Vikings initially in his career, I think he can come in along with his defensive role and play pretty well. I also think we're jumping to conclusions if we're saying... Oh my gosh, he's getting handed this this third safety role because we a we haven't seen the contract, b it's a one year deal, c Trey Sullivan showed some promise, maybe he's some competition. I just think the sleep on him is ridiculous. Oh, and by the way, there's a draft in April, so you know, and
0: that, and they have all these cornerbacks too, and we don't know what they want to do with the Fonte Maddox. They just resigned Ronald Darby. They have six corners, not all six can play. Like
1: right, like you've got to find a way to get your best five on the field. And I'm sorry to Zeho, Zende- but the which is he's, he's, he's
0: not like you have to put him on the field right. right. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know who you have to put on the field? Devontae Maddox. Devontae
0: Maddox. So if that means he's safety, then he's safety.
1: Right, right. I mean, that that's the thing to me. And frankly, if I were the Eagles right now, I would look at Maddox as my starting free safety. And I'd make Roddy McLeod my third safety because, A, he's on a one-year deal. B, he's coming off a knee injury, so I don't know how much I can rely on him. And C... You know, we we've, we've got to see what Maddox has. Maddox is the most promising guy in that secondary, in my opinion. You're paying a one year deal for Darby. Maybe he moves back to corner once Darby leaves. But for right now, you got to get him on the field. And you know, you've got Rasul Douglas who you've invested in. You've got Sidney Jones who you've invested in. You love my uh, Jalen Mills. Those three guys. One of those three guys is going to be your starting outside linebacker, uh, or you're not starting outside linebacker. You're starting outside corner <laughs> opposite Darby. And then I think Craven LeBlanc earned looks at that nickel spot. So. You've got to get your best five on the field, or your best six in some cases. I don't. I just don't know where Zendaya fits in. I don't think it's as immediate as of a placement as others do. But that said, from an external standpoint, clearly he's probably the favorite for the third safety role.
0: Yeah, and, and this is another one that just falls into, like, the Howie model of free agents. You sign a guy coming off an injury, his value's a little down, but he's shown to be a productive veteran in the past, willing to play a smaller role. Though I'm sure he signed here with the intent of being their third safety. Whether that happens, we'll find out. It all depends on how he looks coming off that injury. If he's his full self, he deserves to be on the field, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um all right, then now let's touch on Curry. So we would mentioned his name throughout the offseason as like a fallback plan, but it seemed like the way the Eagles were approaching this offseason, they didn't really have like a defensive end they were targeting. It. They got Brandon Graham back, and then the rest of the guys, it was either Vinny Curry or they'll just draft some guys, and they still might draft some guys. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, as it stands, if Chris Long returns, which is kind of the if that's hanging over this whole proceeding, uh, you look at the same defensive end rotation as the Super Bowl run, Derek Barnett with a bigger role probably this time than he had then because he, he kind of was spl- I don't even know if he was technically starting. He wasn't. As a rookie, yeah. Vinny and, and Vinny Grimm's start and Vinny won't be starting. He'll be playing a smaller role. He had his best season in on- in terms of like pro football focused grade with the eagles two years ago and he had his worst with the Buccaneers last year though i think he was banged up
1: mm-hmm. yeah a, he had an ankle injury he's according to he's, as,
0: he's as good as they were going to get for a fourth defensive end veteran guy and there's nothing wrong he knows how this system works he's a popular figure in that locker room which they value quite a bit uh i mean it's not a home run but it's it's fine like it's well, fine
1: well i think what's appealing about him too is you talk about his versatility he can go inside on third down and i think that's something that's really appealing when you consider that you know, Malik Jackson's here, Fletcher Cox is here, awesome. But the depth behind them is not very prominent. You know what I mean? Like they have Trayvon Hester, who I think can develop into being a player. Bruce Hector, who knows? Let's say they draft a guy. Now you're now you're in a position where, let's say, you want to take an injury risk on somebody like Jerry Tillery, or you want to take an injury risk on somebody like Jeffrey Simmons. You've got enough. Of- juice inside i guess you could say to to really do it because of curry's versatility maybe you do that and then figure out what you want at running back and defensive end in the second round i think they've they've given a lot of themselves a lot of options and entering april's draft and that's important because Howie needs to nail this one he really does like there there's no like it's great we can talk about free agency whatever but this draft is going to set them up for the next two or three years when you consider the cap Uh, situation that you wrote about
0: and with you know jason peters at this point he's probably retiring even if he won't want to right Uh, chris long if he's not retiring now he will be next year Mm -hmm. and you know these guys they signed are in their 30s like they they have a lot of things malcolm jenkins is going into his 30s ronnie mcleod won't be here next year i would guess so they have they have a lot to figure out um i so a little preview for the for the morning i have a story coming uh where I, i said what i think they should do on the defensive line next you mentioned jeffrey simmons I think they should re-sign Timmy Jernigan to a cheap one-year deal, make him your third defensive tackle, take a risk on Jeffrey Simmons, let him sit out the year if he has to, because you don't need him at that point, and then draft a defensive end in the second round. Hmm. Um, I like that.
1: So Spoiler if, alert. Because
0: <laughs> all those defensive ends are in their 30s. You need a younger guy. We don't really know what Josh Sweat is at this point. I don't think it's fair to give up on him yet after one year. Well,
1: and, and to, um, that, to that point, sorry to cut you off, but no, to that fine. point, Derek Barnett is yeah. coming off shoulder surgery. So he's young, but again, you, you, you need know.
0: to hedge your bets at defensive and just sure. get as many guys as you can um, we, we touched on Darby a little bit it, it was a, it made sense to bring him back I'm guessing this is purely just a guess I haven't heard anything that has, some of it has to do with his injury is why he didn't get as much injury. I mean, his injuries. He's been pretty injury prone. I'd be pretty surprised if he was ready for the very start of the season or at least training camp. I'd be shocked if he was there day one on training camp. So it makes sense why he would come back on one-year deal. They clearly really really like him. It's kind of a low-risk thing for them. If he comes back and is healthy and looks like what he's capable of, then you have like a top-flight cornerback. If not, you can move on from him next year.
1: Darby allows them to kind of see where they want everybody else long-term. I think we brought up Avante Maddox possibly starting at free safety. Look, there's a lot of people that think this is gonna make Rasul Douglas expendable. There are people that I've talked to that think this is gonna make him expendable behind the scenes. I think that would be an utter mistake. You've got this guy for two more years on a cheap contract. You've got to sign Carson Wentz. You're going to have to fill out this roster. I think he showed a lot of potential. Um, If you were to hand Jalen Mills the job, I think that'd be a mistake. Let him, Rasul and uh, Jones compete for this job. That's what I want to see. You know, you're probably going to start the year with Jones and Mills starting a corner if Darby can't play. But I don't see why you wouldn't have Russell Douglas compete there. I get the, you know, the intrigue of putting Avante Maddox there. But if you're gonna have Avante Maddox play a role, let him stick somewhere and let him see where what he's got. What do you think? I took, you know, the funny thing is, the two guys that they're so attached to are Ronald Darby and.
0: Jalen Mills, both of those guys are going to be free agents next year. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have guys like Rizul Douglas under contract for a few more years and had a better year than either of them last year, if you if you take it as a whole. Vontae Maddox, they've under contract for a few more years and had a better season than anybody in their secondary besides Malcolm Jenkins last year. <laughs> yep. Craven LeBlanc is on a really cheap one-year deal. If he shows some of what he showed last year, then I think they might... Um, sign him to an extension during the season, I think they should. So those are those are the three cornerbacks I would personally build around. They seem to still like Sidney Jones. I still have question marks about his ability to stay healthy. And, and Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby are extremely inconsistent as much as they like them. So if I was building the secondary, I would do it around those three guys I mentioned. I, I wouldn't do it. I like Jalen Mills more than maybe most do, but I wouldn't build the secondary around him like they seem to want to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at some point you have to have an honest conversation and say, hey, are we going to sign Mills to an extension? And if we sign him to an extension, what's that going to look like? How does he compare to everybody else in the league? And if your answers involve a lot of pause, then it's clear you have to build the team elsewhere. If they want to move him to free safety or to the third safety role to get him on the field, because he is such a great leader and he is, you know, he can be a good player at times. Then do it. But, like, to sacrifice your future for the present when the present isn't fantastic doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me.
0: So, we talked about their three most recent moves. Let's talk about their overall offseason. We talked a little bit about how he's approached this offseason. Do, do you feel like they're better today? Not, not factoring in what's coming still. Do you think they're better today than they were when they lost to the Saints?
1: Wow. There's some pause there, so maybe I should... How yeah. do you think one I
0: mean, Other no, things you have to consider, injured guys, Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. full health. I mean, Ronald Darby was out, Jalen Miller Yeah, if was everybody's out, fully Rodney healthy, yes,
1: absolutely. So, um, I think Malik Jackson, is, I mean, having, over, exactly. uh, knowing him and having covered him, I think Malik Jackson's an, an incredible upgrade over having Haloti Nada and Trevon Hester start for... 13 games. Yes, absolutely.
0: So, in that sense, it's been a successful offseason then, right?
1: Yeah, I I would say so. I think this is definitely... I mean, Deshaun Jackson's an upgrade over Torrey Smith and Mike Wallace Wallace over the last two years. Um, I would say, too, you know, knowing that you have a defensive end like Brandon Graham locked up is really important. Um, They were able to hold on to some of their guys that they really think are important. And I, I think... Building that camaraderie in another year together is important.
0: So the one looming question, which has been Eagle's topic of conversation for the last... You know, since Nam really. Does not um,
1: start with an R and end with a B? <laughs> it doesn't end with a B. and Well, with tec- <laughs> technically, I know, but like... I see
0: what you're saying, like he, the initials. Yes. yes, running back.
1: Yes, um, thank you for playing at home, everyone.
0: <laughs> as I've said, I, I was on a radio show recently, and I said it, we should have learned at this point that we shouldn't go into an office and expecting them to go after the top running back, so they're just not going to do it. Um, right. I'm not as, like, crazy concerned as everybody else seems to be. You, can, you know, the fact that there's so many guys that we've all talked about as can- candidates for them who haven't signed anywhere... What I imagine will happen will be something like what happened two years ago. They waited, they they drafted Donald Pumphrey. It didn't work out. They drafted Donald Pumphrey though, they signed Corey Clement. We can pretend Clement was the guy they drafted. So they have they got the rookie and then they waited and they signed Legarrett Blunt. I believe it was after the draft, right? It was like during the summer. Mm-hmm. So that's kinda the direction I see it going. They see what they can get in the draft. Maybe they get a Miles Sanders in the second round. Maybe they wait until the fourth round and get somebody like Justice Hill or one of those other guys. I don't know. I don't know how they approach it they're not i i'm still not convinced they would do a first round pick even though everybody loves josh jacobs it seems like he didn't have a great pro day but everybody's still raving about him and there's been some people who think the eagles would consider him i'd like i said until the eagles do something to convince us they're gonna use valuable assets on running back let's stop trying to convince ourselves that they're gonna do that
1: yeah i, I agree with you um i I'm, I'm torn because I do value the running back position, but I also... Well, you like fullbacks, too, to I fair. do, too, yeah. That's
0: you're true. coming at this from a different perspective. Right, yeah, I'm old school.
1: <laughs> I-formation, baby. Um, now, my issue with drafting a running back is you're drafting a running back at 25, and so you go on this journey with me. So I'm a big believer that if you if you really like a quarterback or a defensive end, you don't trade back to get them. You know what I mean? You trade you, them,
0: you get them where you are. You yeah.
1: get them where you are, you trade up. And I think letting a running back fall to 25 means he's not that great. If, if he that, was,
0: he would be getting picked in the top 10. Yeah.
1: Right, right. And so to, fe- to so to spend an asset like that on a running back is really tough for me. That said, they really like Miles Sanders. I know this to be true. He is going to be a top 40 pick, and they're going to have to trade up for and him. And
0: their second round picks are in the 50s. So.
1: Right. So, again, it, you look at the compensatory picks in the future, maybe you're dealing future third-round picks, future second-round picks to move up if you really love a guy. Um, I like the guys after Jacob. Like, I like Jacobs a lot. I think he's the best guy in the but class. But the guys
0: after him, are, he's not so far ahead of the other guys. Right, right? the distance
1: like, is... It's not
0: Saquon to... I mean, the last year's running back class is good, too, actually. Right, right. It's not Saquon to whoever was second last
1: year. Right, you're not... There's not a major drop-off between Jacobs who was a one-year wonder and actually and put up... And
0: the starter, really.
1: Right, and put up let, worse numbers than Miles Sanders. You got um, my guy, Daryl Henderson. David who,
0: Montgomery also.
1: David Montgomery, who they've met with at the combine. They met with all these guys. Those
0: would be... The, those, those three guys you just mentioned are kind of the one I have my eye on. I'm
1: yeah, right I now. think... I think they try to get Saunders, but I think they inevitably either get Henderson or or Montgomery. So,
0: so you you're you, you're convinced they're going to use a second round pick on one, then?
1: Absolutely, there's no way they walk out of the first two rounds without a running back. It, from what I've been, told. I can say, I mean, they have two second round picks that are in
0: the fifties. If they like really like a guy. I could see them either using both of those, using one in a next year pick to move up in the second round and like using the 25 pick on a Jeffrey Simmons or a defensive lineman.
1: Yeah, I'll give you a scenario in a second. But the other the other guy I want to talk about, if they do somehow, like somehow, you know, a bunch of guys drop to them in the second round, and they're like, oh, my God, this is a starting linebacker for the next four years. Oh, this is a sort you know, if we value the position a little bit more or we think the need is bigger if you're the Eagles fourth round fifth round um alex barnes from kansas state i really really like him um he's a guy i think who long term could develop into a notable guy to me he's tj yeldon but can actually run forward um i don't really understand the obsession with tj yeldon that said
0: to be honest i I wouldn't even be shocked like it Absolutely shocked if they got a running back in the second or fourth and then use their sixth They're traded into the seventh round and just got a guy that to try out and push the other guys The only ones they have returning right now are Josh Adams Wendell Smallwood Corey Clement and Boston Scott the only one that you could say for sure is like a lock to make the team would be Corey Clement and probably Smallwood because they like him so much but if they got enough guys that are better than Mendel Smallwood he wouldn't be a lock to make the team anymore
1: for sure I mean I, I
0: saw and Sproles him and is still a wild card I don't think he's coming back yeah I I wouldn't bring him back I know yeah. we we apologized for weeks about how we were wrong about him but I, I, you have to move on <laughs>
1: well and I mean if he's contemplating retirement this late into in free agency I mean you've had
0: he did last two, year too to be I know
1: clear, yeah. right but that's what I'm saying yeah, like, I don't think it really benefits you if you're yeah. contemplating retirement instead of training or, or have your mind focused. Um, that said, uh, and we also saw how that worked out with Corey Grant. Uh, <laughs> that said, well, let me give you a scenario. Love so, scenarios. So I think you and I, are consensus top guy at 25 is Christian Wilkins, correct? Yeah, is that fair B- to based say?
0: on the way we've seen mocks going and boards going. Right. And stuff,
1: yeah. If he's gone. And somebody like Dalton Risner's gone.
0: And like none of those edge guys are there. And
1: none of the edge guys are there. If you're the Eagles, do you look at the success you had trading back last year where you traded your first round pick is basically to land Dallas Goddard, Avante Maddox, and a second round pick, which might be the most underrated trade in the entire draft last year. Especially because of those two players. Were <laughs> right. Good those are the two either. best players. Um,. Do you look back and say, look, I'll trade back, let's see, it, you know, the first, the last three picks in the first round, so 30 through 32, or I'm going to trade to maybe 34, or 35, maybe the Cardinals want to move up and I can get to 33, and then I now my running back, but now I've also got some extra draft ammunition, I've added a third round pick, which I didn't have before, I probably have a fifth round pick, and then next year I probably have a third round pick too, um, that's a pretty good haul, uh, you know, um, from there, now I don't feel so bad about taking a running back. I'm in the 30s. I got value. I'm getting a running back in a third-round pick. So from there, if Jacobs isn't there, let's say Jacobs gets drafted by the Raiders. Raiders that would be the one I would have, Right. I would have. That, that would be the team that I would think would be the team. Let's say they get he gets drafted by the Raiders. They pick, what, 23rd or 24?
0: They pick 24, yeah, right before the Eagles.
1: Okay, so let's say the, the Raiders do that. Maybe they trade up a little just because they're afraid the Eagles might jump them. From there, if I'm the Eagles and Christian Wilkins and, and, and Jacobs and all those guys aren't there, I'm trading back. I put out a scenario that I traded back to 32 uh, with the Patriots because they wanted to jump up and grab some dude. I don't remember off (laughs) the top of my head. At 32, we talked about it before, Jeffrey Simmons. Not only have I added maybe a third-round pick and some change – but I'm adding a guy for the future that I know can... A lottery eventually. ticket right there. Yeah, right? you've got a lottery and ticket. And extra picks, yeah. Yeah, so from there, then I feel good. Now with that extra third-round pick, I'm using that extra third-round pick to trade up into the, mm-hmm. the 30 to 40 range. Like Miles Sanders or something. Get Miles Sanders. So I'm walking... Around. Then I still have my other second-round pick, which is at 57. An yeah. yeah, yeah, offensive tackle or something. Right, an offensive tackle, a defensive end. Whatever you want to do, enjoy it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... I just think that the moves that they've made and I'm not trying to to be a che- I'm not trying to hold water here. I'm I'm really not. I, I think they've been very smart and deliberate with every single move they've made. Because of those compensatory picks, because of the way the draft's shaking out, because of how how we've used this team currently, um you know, uh, I I think he has really set him up to be open to all possibilities, and I think having those two second-round picks is, you know, an ace in the hole I I not only
0: Agree with your scenario. I think the trade back is going to happen. I think The guys that we that they would draft at number 25 the Christian Wilkins the Cleveland Farrells You know if they really like Jared Hillary he'd probably be there But I then they could probably get him the second round if they liked him that much Like you said though, you pick the guys you really like when they're available, but I think they're going to get to 25, and and the, the pickings for the defensive end, defensive tackle group, won't be amazing. And I think it would behoove them to move back.
1: I totally agree. I uh, I think it's smart. I mean, it's smart business, right? You- especially
0: as we're talking about they need they need those depth pieces, and their roster, their only needs coming in this offseason are really depth pieces, especially once they got Deshaun and Malik Jackson.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, and you're going to add young depth. And, you know, you have seven picks right now. You might end up with, you know, nine or ten by the time it's all over. I don't think they need that many picks. But, um, you know, competition should be pretty
0: uh, pretty open. And also, I'll, I'll say I've been going all in on this, so I'm going to get called out if it does, If it actually does happen. I still am pretty confident they're not going to draft a corner in the first round. I've seen still seen mock drafts where they're like, yeah, they're, they didn't even, they don't even mention that they resigned Darby. It's like I I get that it's hard to like follow every single team, but it's like come on, at least you got to mention that
1: stuff. I'm gonna I'm I'm actually kind of <laughs> well, yeah I've gone
0: so all well in on it that I'm gonna be very hardcore called out if I get it wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean they they're people that are probably you know I'm hoping they just draft Trayvon Mullen from Clemson <laughs> just to be like. <laughs> Like, so, and the the way funny, thing is, it,
0: funny thing, they, that, that was like Mel Kuyper's pick before Ronald Darby resigned, and then he had a conference call, and, I'm like, and I basically asked him, and, and somebody responded, I think you flushed it at him a little bit, because I was like, so why why exactly did you have them pick? You know, they've picked cornerbacks, four cornerbacks in the last three years, and they have so-and-so coming back. Why did you draft them, Trayvon Mullen, exactly? <laughs> he, he he deflected and started talking about like receivers or something. <laughs> it's, rough. it's rough. It's rough.
1: It's rough. We're calling out. Milk Legends on the on the on the podcast. Uh, you know, f- as we wrap up here, the position I'm actually kind of like there are a couple of positions I'm intrigued by. I want to throw them out there. Third tight end. Um, I'm very intrigued by the linebacker competition. You know, from our mindset, they're not going to draft a linebacker in the first three rounds, but you, then you have a competition of L.J. Ford, who I like. You have sure. Paul Rolo, who I like, and then you have Nate Gary. And so it all. They, the, they could add another guy there. Yeah. They could add another guy. And so I'm intrigued at what they do with linebacker. Um, they could still draft a safety,
0: honestly. Yeah.
1: That mostly depends on how
0: they feel about Trey Sullivan's potential, but.
1: You know, so again, um, I think that there's going to be a lot of potential for surprises in this and how he's gonna have but to But not
0: a sp- corner in the first round.
1: Right. <laughs> Maybe they'll take a long snapper. We'll it'll, all be wrong. If they do it at this point it'll be because they're trolling me. Like they yeah. won't even like the guy. How he's just like, eh, just give me a corner, I don't care. I know we both have rose in our in our last names but i don't like you very much. i
0: don't like this guy <laughs> all right well we'll uh we'll end on that note uh this is this is a fun one um we'll, we'll come back we'll hit you guys back uh probably after i get back from the owners meetings i'll be heading out there over the weekend there will be a lot of stuff going on there. I'm sure Howie Roseman will talk, Doug Peterson, and Jeffrey Lurie. There will be a lot of stuff going on. There will be rule change discussion. There will be some Robert Kraft discussion. I'm sure that will be a lot of, the, yeah. lot of the hubbub out there. Enjoy uh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll end on that note. If you guys have any questions, be sure to send them to us, and we'll try and answer them on the next episode. And uh, thanks for listening.